Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Did you know that they edited that rhinoceros scene out of the the TV version of Ace Ventura? No. Yeah, apparently it's like too graphic for TV or something. Huh. Well, it's just bullshit. Yeah. It's just cowards. Fucking part. Yeah, you Show coward. me the rhino. Show me the rhino birth scene, you cowards. Oh, God. That was the best work that Jim Carrey ever did. He peaked at Ace Ventura. I mean, yeah, who wouldn't? Ace Ventura is the greatest. What about the mask? I think Ace Ventura is way better than the mask. Okay. I mean, the mask is great, but Ace Ventura is way better. I actually saw the mask on TV not that long ago. Ugh. So, the... like, must have been at a hotel or something, because I don't have it. There's a there's a YouTube series of CGI artists, and they mm-hmm. critique just, like, CGI scenes, and they did the mask, mm-hmm. and I was just like, ugh, ugh, the 90s CGI scene. <laughs> um, How, what did they say? Like, good or bad? Well, so what was interesting about the mask was um, they did a lot of, like, kind of traditional animation methods with it. They did, like, smearing, Hmm. which you don't really necessarily find in kind of your standard movie that has CGI in it. So... Okay. I didn't know about that. That was really interesting. Um, And I think that was probably a good call because, like, of the cartoony nature of the mask. But... um, Right. But, yeah. It's a a pretty good uh, YouTube series. It's very interesting. They do, like... They do a lot of um, the Avengers superhero movies, but... Sometimes mm-hmm. they do, like, they did, like, The Matrix with all the, like, Agent Smiths and shit. And, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Lena's here! <laughs> Yay, Lena! <laughs> now we can officially begin. Come here, girl. She's like, I'm not a dog. I'm not a dog. You can't tell me what to do. I'm a free, independent woman. That's right. I don't need you. Ugh. Now you come up. Don't jump on the microphone, please. Thank you. She still might. Now that our official cat is here, should we should we start going through this this actual book? Yeah. This All right. goddamn book. This goddamn book. <laughs> goddamn book. So you didn't enjoy it? No, I I, I enjoyed it very much. It had okay. two of my favorite things, which are more morality quandaries and uh-huh. weird morphing shit. So I rather enjoyed it. Fantastic. I'm very excited to talk about this book. This is one of my guilty pleasure books. Like, okay. I thoroughly enjoy this. Like there's just, there's just so much going on that like cracks me up and then I'm like, wow, this is like so crazy. I love it. So let's get into it. Yay. 
All right. This book's open opens with Cassie crouched in the barn, waiting for a mouse with a broken leg to scramble out so she could scoop it up and take care of it. This activity leaves her plenty of time to tell us about the Yurk invasion and morphing powers and how they got them and blah, 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 until she's so rudely interrupted by the mouse poking its little nose out, and she's trying not to be distracted by the loud thwacking noises behind her. It sounds like a chainsaw or something. As the mouse scoots further out, she realizes, oh, there's a helicopter over here. And then as the mouse runs completely out, she scoops it up and tries to comfort it, but the helicopter going right overhead of her drowns out her voice. She then turns around to put the mouse in a cage and runs smack dab into Eric the Chi. Yay, Yay. he's back. It's been a couple books. Yeah, I missed him. I thought you didn't Um, like him, though. I don't. (laughs) I just missed him being here. It's just reassuring to have his chi body here. Little puppy robot man. Boy. He is, like, I just want to pat him on his puppy head. (laughs) Be like, you're a very bad boy, Eric. (laughs) You're a cowardly boy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very You're bad such dog. a dick, Eric. <laughs> but say it in a nice way. <laughs> uh, anyway, dunking on Eric aside. Dunking on Eric inside, he informs her they have a problem. The Yerks took the Helmicron technology and are using it to try and find the morphing cube. Because you remember no. how the Helmicron did? <laughs> That's exactly right. Is no. You warned me they would be back. Yes, I did. And here we are. Helmicron technology. Oof. And I hate it. But, uh, spoilers, we didn't actually see them. That's true. We did not. They were there. We did not see them. But they, their technology was there. Their technology to read... The morphing technology was there, which seems like the Yerks probably should have thought of this a long time ago, right? Yeah. Those fools. Those dinguses. That's another reason why I liked this book, because I like the books that grab events from earlier books. Yeah, and makes it seem like it's actually a coherent... Yeah, I like I like continuity books. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Me too. But, uh, yeah, so the Yerks snatch the Helmicron tech. They're using it to try and find the morphing cube. Um, and it, it can read this energy signature of the Ascafil device. can also read morphing, which is something I'm bringing up just because I kind of forgot that when they morph, it gave off an energy signature that allowed them to find the Animorphs. So keep that in mind. Um, Cassie goes to grab the cube from where she has it so well hidden, but then says, won't we have to keep rehiding it? And Eric's like, adoy. Yeah. Adoy. So, <laughs> Cassie. You idiot. None of that actually happened. Eric was very, in this moment, he was acceptable as a dog. <laughs> she. Um, he's like, yeah, you're going to have to keep moving it until the Helmicron ship is destroyed. And Cassie's like, motherfucker. And at that exact moment, Cassie's mom like pops her head into the clinic and she's like, hey, I'm headed to the gardens for something. And Cassie's like, oh, I'll go with you. And tucks the Escafil device into her very large sweatpants that she's wearing. Was it sweatpants or a, a big t-shirt? Both. It was both. Oh, she, like, tucked it into the waistband of her sweatpants, but she also mentioned she was, like, wearing her dad's college basketball shirt or something. <laughs> she's dressed like a, like, just nonsensical right now is how she's dressed. <sighs> I love my badly dressed daughter. 
<laughs> is this better or worse than the overalls? Oh, God, I don't even know. Well, it, it, it benefited her in this case, right? It did, yeah. Because well, if she'd been wearing, like, yeah. you know, like a Rachel outfit, it would have been harder to hide the cube, yeah. Right, but in the overalls, she could have tucked it into the front kangaroo pouch. I guess that's a smaller pocket. Oh, my God. It's been so long since I wore overalls. Do they have a front pouch? Or did they have just, like, jean pants and then, like, a little pocket in the front chest part? Yeah, the chest part is a pocket. But that would usually be, like, I say usually. I have no idea. But, like, the ones I wore used to have, like, a big pocket and then, like, smaller pockets on front of that big pocket. Damn! Pockets for days! I mean, it would still look really weird to have a cube in that front pocket, but it's just an option, I guess. (laughs) Okay, I have a small fashion confession to make, um, just to derail us a little bit further. Um, I did find myself the other day wishing that I had something akin to a fanny pack, but I would not openly admit that I needed a fanny pack. because I I, almost legit bought the Adventure Zone fanny pack. Okay, that's the only one I would accept. Okay. But I didn't. I I walk around the park every day and I usually wear just like leggings and like gym clothes, which don't have pockets, Mm -hmm. but I'm carrying my phone so I can play Pokemon and I'm carrying my keys and I don't have anywhere to put it. And I was like, I wish I had a fanny pack. (sighs) That's understandable. It's horrible. No, it's, I think it's acceptable. They're coming back in. I know, but I'm... I don't want them to because they were bad in the 90s and now they're bad still. I had a really cool one that had an orca on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it ha- its w- flipper was felt, so it was like 3D. See, that's cool. I had like a plastic one that had Minnie Mouse all over it. Oh, gross. Throw that out. <laughs> Throw trash. that shit out. It's useless. That's fucking trash. I look at the Adventure Zone one. Oh, that's so dope. Right? Aww. It's so cool. That's great. I love Taz. I have another fashion question for yes, you. Yes, 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 yes. Has, has your mom stopped buying pants at the paint store? I don't think she's bought pants since we discussed that particular moment. Okay. So technically, yes. I don't know if that's like a <laughs> committed thing that she's made. So okay, only time will tell. I assume she doesn't listen to this podcast, no. but maybe we shamed her into not buying <laughs> somehow. I will have a strongly worded discussion with her upon my return home about her pants Perfect. preferences. And how she cannot buy them at the paint store any longer. Correct. Well, speaking of people's moms, Cassie's, Cassie's driving mom with her mom to the zoo. Going on. Oh, man, she probably wouldn't know who sang that song. She'd probably be like, oh, is that a nice's neat hit? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Cassie's mom's driving like a dingus, and Cassie's like, oh, my God, why are you driving so slowly? Because apparently when she talks, she drives super slow, and the guy behind them is, like, losing his shit and, like, going right up on their bumper and speeding up, and eventually when he had the room, he sped around them, pulled in front of them, and then hit the brakes, and Ugh. Cassie has this like, <laughs> I know. I, I so, would, um, yeah. I was I was picturing it as her mom hits the gas pedal and then takes her foot off and then hits it again. Yeah. And I was like, didn't we know somebody who drove this way? We did. Uh, it was Abby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was picturing that, but I fucking hate that other driver. 
The one that... The one that braked in front of them. Oh, yeah, that part's bullshit, but the whole, like, getting so frustrated... Because she was going, like, 30 and a 45. I mean, that's bad. I would be that, like, insane guy, like, please just go! <laughs> yeah, but then you don't speed around and then slow down, like... That's... Oh, no, no, that's that's just aggressive driving. There's no need for that. Yeah, I get mad at people on the freeway who stay in the left-hand lane and won't move over, no matter what. Yeah, see, I will drive in the left-hand I'll admit that I drive in the left-hand lane, sorry. But um, I do, if I'm, if somebody, like, pulls up behind me, I do move over. Yeah, 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 lane. that's good. Yeah. I'm talking about the people who are like, no, I'm just going to stay here because I'm an asswipe. I've paid my taxes and I'll drive 40 on the highway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, those fucking assholes. Ugh. It's all bad. It's all very bad. And Cassie, for a fleeting moment, thought like, oh, this guy's a control and he's trying to stop us, but he's just a dick. So no big deal. Eventually, they make it to the zoo where Cassie starts wandering around. She's like, bye, mom. I'm just going to go look around and then I'll catch a bus home, which is weird, but okay. (laughs) And then soon enough, Cassie notices that the other Animorphs have arrived and heralding them is Rachel thought speak mocking her about what she's wearing. Yay, like a good friend. (laughs) Like a very good friend. <laughs> Everyone checks in with her except for Axe because the way that she knows Axe is there is a small child threw a french fry on the ground and a seagull went batshit over it. <laughs> there <laughs> she's he is. like, oh, Axe. <laughs> there he is, my monster boy. There's there's the good, good boy who's obsessed with french fries. <laughs> oh my god. But aren't we all deep down? Yes. Yes, we are. Didn't we just have a conversation about french fries this week for like we half did. an hour? We did, about yeah. the best time to get Wendy's french fries. That's right. That's right. And how they're very hit or miss yes. based on when you go. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we are all obsessed with french fries. And I'm not going to apologize for it. No. No fry shame here. No. No fry shame in my game? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, everybody's there as seagulls, except for Tobias, who is just himself. And as Cassie's wandering around, the helicopters start closing in, and then men in suits enter the zoo. So one of them comes by Cassie, and she's, like, waiting, trying not to look suspicious, but as soon as he looks away, she bolts. Then, I wrote this terrible joke. I said, Cassie runs out of the gardens with Tobias as her wingman. Oh... <laughs> so that's pretty good go. that's i like that's, it quality content you're all paying for here <laughs> <laughs> i wish they oh. were <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna pay until we make the jokes better okay? oh, God. <laughs> this oh. is not paid content that we're creating <laughs> we don't have a money zone we do not. I think if anybody ever heard, like, any sort of ad that we did, they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, can I have my $100 back, yeah. please? <laughs> I'm rescinding on this. Uh. <laughs> Literally, you're driving people away in droves. <laughs> I did, like, somebody commented on, on the Instagram saying that Cinnabon should sponsor us or something. Yes, a thousand percent they should. I was like, yeah, shout out to that person whose name I forgot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've, I've, I've forgot to. You know who you are. You know who you are. You who agrees Cinnabon should sponsor us. Yes. 
That's right. Most... How pissed would Applegate be if we got Cinnabon to sponsor our podcast and they never got Cinnabon to do anything with the Animorphs? I don't know. I mean, so I think we've generally come to the consensus that Animorphs is making a comeback. Um, yes. So there's still time, I guess. Yeah, I'd say so, especially with the graphic novels coming out. Mm-hmm. Which will probably be followed by some sort of show adaptation, I would hope. I would hope, too. Where Imogen poots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Woo. Oh, my God. Did we announce here that Sam Neill of Jurassic Park fame has a pig named Imogen Poots on his farm? What? Did I not tell you no! this? Wait, what? He names... Okay. Let's start from the very beginning. Oh, my God. It's the very best place to start. Yes. So Sam Neill has a farm, okay. first of all. I did know and that. And his Instagram... It, yeah, he's great. His Instagram is just him posting videos from his farm. Cute. So all of his farm animals are named after celebrities. And his pig that he has, his giant, like, potbelly pig, is named Imogen Poots. And Imogen Poots has met Imogen Poots. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. It's the best. Who even is Imogen Poots? I don't know. I've never seen them in anything. I don't know who it is. I just know their name. And I know that people are like, she should play Rachel. And I'm like, I don't care what she does. Her name is Imogen Poots. I need to stop losing my mind over this. It's interesting because I feel like so many celebrities their presented celebrity names are not actually their real birth names. Yeah. So it's like... There's no way Imogen Poots is her real birth name. But what if it is? But why would you have that? Why would you have that name, though? Because here we are right now, two people that have very little to their names sitting here talking about Imogen Poots and we don't know who she is we don't know what she does we don't know what her job title is or if she's ever done anything with her life but here we are talking about how she was on Sam Neill's Instagram with a pig named the same thing as her and I don't know anything else about her this is great marketing what she did good she must have done something to warrant sam neil naming a pig after her hold on let me look it she up. must have but i don't know what that thing is Imagine- okay second result thanks google okay english actress biopic Jim- jimmy hendrix biopic hang on what give me your wikipedia she is... Well, you're doing that. I'm going to look up Imogen Poot's pig. Oh, she's my age. What the hell? What? She's... She's born what? like a few weeks after me. Yeah, career. How Had a non-speaking she? role in V for Vendetta. She was in V for Vendetta? Yeah, I guess she had a, a small non-speaking role. Wow. I've never heard of any of these movies. I looked up Imogen Poot's pig, and the second result to come up was when Imogen Poot's went to Sam Neill's farm and met the pig. Oh, she was in Green Room. Wait, no, sorry. Green Room? Sorry, I meant to say, <laughs> I thought it was Green Book, which you just told me about the other day. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's in Green Book. No, it's called Green Room. I'm so sorry. That That is different. All right. Well, she's an actress in movies that I've never seen, therefore I've never heard of, of her. So what do I know? And here's the, the thing that really throws me. 
He also has a cow named Helena Bonham Carter. Beautiful. And he had a chicken named Meryl Streep, but she was killed by a ferret. That's sad. That's very... Meryl Streep will never die. No, but the chicken named after her might. Mm. I know he has a duck, too, but I can't remember the duck's name. Anyways, this is... This has taken up a lot of time. <laughs> Sidecast, where we talk about Sam Neill's farm and Imogen Poops. I'm so down to record an episode just about Sam Neill and his farm. This is not the first time we've talked about Sam Neill on this podcast. It's never the first time we've talked about Sam Neill. I mean, when we recorded Megamorphs 2 in the time of the dinosaurs, I did get to be Sam Neill's face on that art. That's true. I think it's justified. We have to talk about his farm at least once. Maybe he'll sponsor us. Yay! Name <laughs> or name get some an animal. Get some goats and name them after us. Oh my god, that would be so cool. I want to be a feigning goat. Oh my god, then I would have to say I'm Sam Neil's kid constantly. Oh, that is so juicy and good. Right? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. I'm in. I was gonna make some joke about. I would be a feigning goat because I overreact to tiny things, but <laughs> yours was way better, so. <laughs> oh, oh. We, we did it. Jesus. We've done it. Okay. Here it is. Yep. We've hit peak. Yep. Book 39. <laughs> we've done it. Book 39. Let's call it quits because nothing's <laughs> ever going to get better than this. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Okay. I'm getting back into it. All right. After that. <laughs> whatever that was. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about that's about to happen. We do. So, Cassie runs out of the gardens. Tobias is her wingman. He's keeping an eye out, but the area is infested with controllers. Cassie makes her way into an alley by the zoo where Tobias is like, hey, there's controllers in suits on the other side of this white van. So Cassie plasters herself to the side of the van to try and hide from these guys. And Tobias is like, yeah, there's a guy like by the driver's side door. He's getting into the cab, but then Cassie's mother stops him and he's making him sign something. And Cassie's like, okay, if I get caught right now by these controllers, I will be dragged away. My mother will try to intervene because she's right there. And we will both get snatched, taken to the York pool, infested, and everything is fucked. So she's, like, creeping around this van, and she's getting close enough now to hear the controllers talking about finding the cube. And she's sneaking along until something jabs her in the back. And she's she realizes, oh, this is a door handle. So she quietly pulls it, and it takes a few tries, but she finally gets it open. And she sneaks into the back of the van so slowly and closes the door quietly behind her. Once she's in, she breathes a sigh of relief until she hears something else shuffling behind her. She turns around and is confronted with a cape buffalo. Da-da-dun. Da-da-dun. The Widowmaker. So, which I looked up why it is called that. Mm -hmm. And I found that they are considered one of the top five, like, big game animals in Africa. (laughs) <laughs> along with the elephant and the rhinoceros mm-hmm. and the lion and the tiger. Mm-hmm. Not the tiger. What? Wrong reason. <laughs> <laughs> you just started like, what other morphs do they have? There's a tiger. There's a tiger. There's a bear. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, leopard. That's what I meant to say. Okay. The leopard. The leopard. 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 Which was a morph. That w- but is was not- it a morph? 
Or was it a Jaguar? Oh, you're right. It was a Jaguar. 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 I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying animal names weird. I like it. It started when I said Africa really weird. (laughs) It did. Jesus. Um, The Jaguar is a Jeremy Clarkson one. That's not on us. The Jag. The Jaguar. Um, But, yeah, and apparently they, like, kill a lot of people. Okay, like they're they're hyper-aggressive or something? Yeah, and they trample, I want to say it was like 200 people a year or something. I don't know. Something really like... <laughs> Jesus. I, You know, it's probably because people underestimate them, like Cassie continues to say, because they're like herbivores yeah. and, you know, it's like, oh, look, it's a cow. Oh, it's a big dumb cow. It's like, no, it's a cow on steroids and it'll fucking kill you. Yeah. It's like a mad cow. <laughs> but not in the way that it's going to be a brain-eating disease, more in the way that they're going to fuck your shit up. Yeah, and trample you to like death. Like, it's an angry cow. Yeah, and trample you to death. Yeah, I am I would never fuck with a Cape Buffalo, that's for sure. No. Even regular cows can be dangerous. Anyways. Anything can be dangerous. Any, anything is dangerous if they try hard enough. If Animorphs has taught us anything, it's that bigger isn't always better. Yeah. And smaller isn't always better. Nothing's always better. Nothing is better. Things are always bad. Everything is Everything's terrible. Everything's bad. And we're all dead. <laughs> That's right. We're all fucked. That's what Animorphs has taught us. It's a buffalo. And Cassie is in the truck with it. Tobias is like, oh no, the truck's pulling away. And you're headed down a road surrounded by woods. And she's like, I am concerned about other things right now. Yeah. She's like, I legitimately have one fear right now. And it is this goddamn buffalo that I'm in here with. (laughs) Yeah. So as the van starts pulling away, Cassie overhears one of the controllers saying, there's four other energy readings. And this is just a wild goose chase. And then the truck lurches away from them. And the buffalo is now getting angry and tossing its head this buffalo is somehow only restrained by four small ropes around its neck and head and also is not in any way given any drugs, doped yeah. up. Like, they just somehow loaded this buffalo in here. Unless they gave it drugs and the drugs wore off because it's a mighty beast. Oh, or they gave it the drugs, they loaded it, and then they gave it time to wake up so that it wouldn't fall down in transportation. Oh. And also it's a mighty beast. Yes. And not to go too realistic with this, but um, there's definitely a component of when you start knocking out animals like this where if they get, like, spooked or they get angry, they come out of it, like, very quickly and can... Like, if panic sets in, they can almost uh, override any sort of Whoa. drugs to knock them out. So. Whoa! That's, <laughs> yeah. It used to be a major problem when we would have to float Matrix's teeth because he would spook at something and then he'd completely come out of the sedation and start fucking with people. And we'd be like, well, I guess he's fine. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So anyways, they can they can override the sedation with, like, panic or anger or things like that, too. That's cool. Yeah. Well. So maybe that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Just so aggro. Um, so this this buffalo is only restrained by tiny ropes. Because the truck is moving and, like, kind of, you know, swaying down this road, 
the buffalo's kind of moving back and forth and Cassie was in front of it but then it it moves past her and snaps parts of the rope off and like snaps off another rope and it's getting more movement and Cassie's kind of stuck here so she does the only thing she can think of right now and when the buffalo kind of surges past her she starts acquiring it and then the truck comes to a sudden stop and Cassie hears the driver get out and start questioning like hey man what's going on here and then she hears a voice a familiar voice that strikes fear into the heart of many she hears Visor 3 approaching Wee. and she hears the driver go like hey don't open the door and Visor 3 is like don't tell me what to do. <laughs> um, and the driver, like, does his best. The driver's like, I really suggest you don't do this. And Visor 3 is like, don't pretend to suggest things to me. Get the fuck out of here. And Cassie's now morphing as fast as she can. She puts the cube down on the floor of the truck. And then Visor 3 flings open the doors. And when he does, he is face to face with a fully grown angry cape buffalo. It's Cassie. Cassie's the angry cape buffalo. Yay! Yay! She jumps out of the truck and starts to charge Visor 3 and just goes on an absolute rampage. Like, full-on Rachel-style rampage. Yeah. And seconds behind her is the real Buffalo, who's like, We're mad! I'm gonna be mad, too! (laughs) He's like, he's a real follower, this, this real Buffalo. You're just like me! You're just like me! We're friends! Um, so the real buffalo jumps off this truck and starts charging around, and he's hitting people because, you know, he's not like Cassie, who's at this point just destroying cars because, you know, she's <laughs> like, oh no, don't hurt the humans. Um, the real buffalo goes flying, or er, goes charging and charges into Chapman, <coughs> sends Chapman oh, flying. Fucking, Chapman's fucking dead, man. Chapman's oh. fucking dead at this point. He would point. be fucking dead he died that happened in this book <laughs> oh it did oh r.i.p chapman you are dead my dude yeah you've led so many schools to failure and now you died <laughs> oh <laughs> oh yikes he'll never live to send a student to detention ever again oh poor melissa poor melissa <laughs> that's not a Thing you should laugh at <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god oof so anyways um yeah he's dead yeah and so is visor 3's limo yeah visor 3's limo is super fucking dead like cassie destroyed the limo oh oh that was my favorite part ostentatious fuck yeah he's like i will not stand on this sort of blinginess here <laughs> oh man so Tobias finally is like Cassie Cassie stop it Cassie don't and then she's Ooh. like okay I will stop <laughs> <laughs> yes I will stop I, I will s- obey <laughs> fuck yeah what what actually happens is Tobias is calling her name and she's like I'm ignoring him and then he's like we need the cube and she's like oh shit the cube and then she kind of comes to jumps back in the truck, grabs the cube in her mouth, and then jumps out and starts following the real buffalo who's charging away across some nearby open field area. Cassie follows him, crashing through the underbrush, crashing through sticker bushes and trees and whatever else until she's calmed down enough and the rage has disappeared into a more calm, alert brain. Finally, after the shots, the controllers and the smell of humans died away, she feels comfortable coming to a complete stop. And Tobias has followed her out there, and he calls out, hey, the coast is clear. 
And Cassie trots into some prickly bushes to demorph and then is like, oh, no, shit, I will be a human after this. So then she, like, trots back out into the clearing, spits the cube on the ground, demorphs grossly. Everybody's horrified. Tobias is like, that's disgusting. Everything you just did was gross. (laughs) And um, once she was finished, she picks up the cube and she starts moving away from the helicopters, which are still, like, kind of buzzing, like, back and forth behind her in a search line. And Tobias is like, hey, it looks like there's one coming our way, so we better get a move on. And Cassie starts jogging, which I think this is, like, one of the first, like, physical fitness aspects to Animorphs we've seen. (laughs) Like, she just jogs for a really long time with the cube on foot because the morphing gives away energy, right? So it's worth it. Um, And Tobias is being weird and cryptic as he's directing her, like, where to move. And finally, they stumble into another clearing where right in front of them is the actual Cape Buffalo. But there's something very, very wrong with it because this Cape Buffalo has its whole body and Chapman's face on it. Uh, ah. Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> thanks, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Ugh. So Cassie is standing there watching this buffalo as it starts morphing completely into Chapman. And, like, she mentions, obviously it's naked. She mentions it was, like, covered in coarse hair, which was, like, oh, thank goodness. So we don't see anything, I guess. Um, But also it's on all fours. And it's, like, challenging her and tossing its head and trying to, like, bellow like a buffalo. But it's her human vice principal being, like, (laughs) Oh, weird. It's so weird. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. And then he charges her on all fours, and Cassie just kind of, like, sidesteps him, like, ugh. And (laughs) Cassie and Tobias are like, oh, fuck, this buffalo can morph. Yep. Good job! Yeah. Oh, dear. They realize the buffalo must have touched the morphing cube when they left it on the floor of the truck, and then when he charged Chapman, he accidentally acquired him. And uh, Cassie and Tobias are just, like, discussing this buff a human monstrosity. And it stood up. Like, it was looking at them and, like, starts to mimic them. And Tobias, like, is, like, hey, I didn't tell you this earlier, but there is a line of controllers searching the forest. And we are directly in their path. So, like, whatever the fuck is happening here, we still have to move, like, now. And Cassie's like, well, I can't leave this thing here so she starts to morph buffalo hoping that it'll follow her lead and he kind of does but he stays half morphed and tobias is like we just need to go now like we can't worry about this guy we just gotta go and cassie feels really bad abandoning him and it's like this whole conversation happening around this of like what if he becomes a human nothlet or what if he stays half morphed like this and becomes like a half morphed nothlet And what do we do if he does buffalo again, but the zoo finds him? And what are they going to do? Because he could morph there. Like, there's so many possibilities, and they're all bad. Yeah. This is not a good situation. It's not. It's really distressing and sad. Yeah. I was like, she's going to have to kill it. Yes. She comes to that conclusion pretty quickly. (laughs) It's an abomination. Yeah, it is an abomination. Uh, so Cassie morphs as fast as she can to Wolf, and then she's like, I guess I'm leaving him to die, and runs away with the cube. <laughs> it's very Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> it is. I've created this monster. 
goodbye. <laughs> oh god, it's hideous. Goodbye. <laughs> it's gross. I love it. Um, so anyways, Cassie's running with this cube, and the helicopters are following her because she's giving off the morph energy and the cube energy, so she's probably, like, the strongest signal. And after a while, she realizes, like, oh, if I demorph, I'd throw off less energy, and I'd be able to conceal the box better, and this will be great. So when she gets a chance, she crouches down in the woods with the helicopters, like, flying back and forth over her, and she demorphs before just taking off running again, like, as a human, and she starts zigzagging her way through the forest on foot, getting battered and bruised, and her bare feet are, I'm sure, bleeding and terrible. Um, but because she did that, she was able to get away after a while and, and get ahead of the helicopters. So that allowed her some time to rest, and then when they got close again, she takes off, and now night is starting to fall. So Cassie's like, well, I better find somewhere to, to go and protect myself for the night. And uh, eventually she keeps running until she finds a small overhang, dives under there, and she's hoping that she can hide some of the signal by just getting under some rock, like hoping that'll deaden it. And um, she dives under there and she starts thinking about how, uh, how fucked they all are if they get caught. <laughs> and uh, this helicopter's circling closer and closer, and finally it seemed like it was right over top of her, and then it moves off. And Cassie is just laying flat out on the ground trying to catch her breath. A few moments later, all of her friends come as birds of prey and land around her, start to demorph. And Jake's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine, even though she was not all right at all. And he goes, okay, well, Eric rigged up a device to make it look like we're at the other edge of the forest morphing. There's a ton of morph energy coming off of it. So we have a little bit of time to figure out what we're going to do next. Um... And then Cassie's like, oh, thank God we have a bit of this break. And then Tobias goes, hey, I told them all about the buff a human thing and Axe thought of something else. So, like, what if he gets infested? Because he's seen you morph as a human and a buffalo and uh, that would be real bad, huh? Wee! Thanks well, for that thought. Well. He's not wrong. No. But that's still not good. Another bad thing that happened. <laughs> So um, the kids, they morph Wolf and they run with the cube. They go to the cave where Cassie and Karen spent the night a long time ago. And they were walled in on three sides. They're like, okay, we have this false sense of security so we can actually rest. And they know it's a false sense of security. They do not think they are safe at all in here. But they all demorph and they start to talk about the plan. They're like, yeah, we need to destroy the Helmicron ship. We need to figure out what to do with the Buffa Man. And then we're going to have to figure out what to do with this cube. And Rachel's like, well, the Buffa Man question's easy. We just have to get rid of him. And Cassie's like, he has human DNA, Rachel. And Rachel's like, just because he has human DNA doesn't mean he's a human. It's not murder. After all, I'm not a bear just because I turn into a bear. And even Marco's like, yeah, and I'm not a giant monkey because I can turn into a gorilla. And Jake is like, okay, okay, maybe she has a point. And he's kind of trying not to laugh when he says maybe she has a point. And Marco's just like, nice Prince Jake. Like, he actually calls him Prince Jake, which I loved. And then Axe is like, I don't think I would be considered to be human, but I do have human DNA. And then, <laughs> like... And everyone's like, oh. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess a sentient creature who has human DNA saying that he's not a human kind of does. But then Rachel just, like... She starts, like, almost throwing a temper tantrum. She's like, 
It's not fair that we have to debate moral quandaries like this. I hate it when questions have to have moral answers like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, me too, Rachel. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, so um, that's too difficult to talk about. So they're like, okay, let's just talk about how to destroy the Helmicron ship. That's easier. And Jake's like, well, what we've got to do is this fake-out maneuver where we have to, like, just go into the trap, but it is a trap. We'll do this whole thing. It'll be fine. And everybody's like, Jake, what the fuck are you on about? And, like, they're throwing around a few ideas. And one of the ones that Marco says is like, oh, what are we going to do? Poop on the windshield or throw one of the birds, like, one of us as birds into the propeller to blow it up? Blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, haha, very funny, Marco. And then Marco's like, actually, I have a plan. Let's go cartoon warfare. And everybody's like, dude, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? He's like, what does Wiley Coyote do when he wants to catch the Roadrunner? And they're all like, oh my god, I don't know, Marco. That's a dumb fucking question. <laughs> because isn't there like hundreds of those? Yes, and many things happen. Yeah, many just... things happen. I just love the line where he says, am I the only one educated in cartoon combat? Yes, Marco. That's just such a good line. Yes, you are the only one educated in cartoon combat. Ugh. It's, I mean, it's a good line, but he's definitely the only one. I'm with Marco. Cartoons, man. Yeah, well, there probably was a Wiley e. Coyote marathon on that weekend or whatever that he had to watch. Yeah, on like boomerang or whatever wait no oh, boomerang cartoon, cartoon network yeah cartoon network yeah he watched that after he watched the powerpuff girls marathon probably and it, he got up early enough to watch the teletubbies marathon yeah that does seem to be their lineup there's probably <laughs> flintstones in between teletubbies and powerpuff girls so anyways anyway. unimportant <laughs> Um, so anyways, the, the whole meaning of, of Marco's cartoon combat thing is that he wants to drop an anvil on them and they're like, okay, Marco, we kind of get it now. Uh, and so the plan becomes lure the, the helicopter at the Helmicron ship out to sea and then drop a figurative anvil on them. They're then interrupted because Tobias is like, uh, we have a problem. There are attacks and incoming. And Jake goes, go to battle morphs now. So everybody goes to battle morphs, except for Cassie, who busts out her shiny new cape buffalo morph, and she grabs the <gasps> new cube battle in her morph? mouth. New battle morph, cape buffalo. It's another. Um, I would say I would classify it as a tank, which is different yes. from her her wolf. It's very different from her wolf morph. Two entirely different Classes. uses. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. The wolf morph has always served them well in battle. Like, it's always helpful mm -hmm. to have that very, like, lith quick morph because yeah, Jake kind of does that, but different. Yeah, because, like, you've got Rachel Tank Bear. Mm -hmm. You've got... Marco's Relic also kind of a tank, tank, but he also has, like, finger dexterity so he can grab shit. Mm -hmm. um, Jake's more of a... Yeah, he's more of, like, a balanced sort of class and then yeah I, yeah I don't know Jake does not min max that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, X is yeah. like quick too but X is usually like thrown into like the heavy fray like he 
Cassie seems to be able to, like, kind of go along the outskirts and, like, dive in and out of battles and, like, help yeah. people out. Axe is yeah. always in the shit, like, whenever they're in yeah. battle. His, his speed stat is out of control. <laughs> yes. Speed and accuracy stats. Yeah. His jumping backwards stat is insane. <gasps> oh, he can leap a whole pool. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. Those are like the two. And Tobias, I I wouldn't say that he's quick, because while he can be quick like himself, he has to get altitude and like fly in and out, and that takes up a million hours. So yeah, he's kind of like the just the light infantry and surveillance. He's not really yeah. I mean, I know he always goes in a battle as a hawk, but like it's not great. It's not, I good. To be, it's not great. I wanted to do Andalite more. Oh, yeah. He hasn't done it at all since he got that. I know. Hmm. I thought there was going to be this whole, like, Axe teaches him how to be an Andalite. It would feel really weird, though, to be like, I am Axe and Axe is there and we are twins. <laughs> <laughs> we're twins. <laughs> we're twinning. We're, tw- we're twin good boys. <laughs> we're twin good good boys. <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, that would be weird. Do you, that might even give them away because if they realize like, oh, that's the exact same Andalite, then yeah. I would yeah. But he could go Horkbisher. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like there's been a couple instances where two people have had the same Horkbisher morph and no one was ever like, "Oh, hey, those two are the same." Uh. Yeah. I also feel like there's a little bit of like racism going on there where they're like oh all hork look the same to me oh no oh no i mean you're probably right but yeah yeah and it's not like the hork have the mental capacity during battle to be like oh no that seems to be two of the same hork yeah i don't know and uh, like also if the Andalite bandolites are attacking, they know that it's going to be a morph of a hork but if they were two andalites then that would be weird Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess there's explanations. Hmm. Oh. Well, whatever. Anyways, Cassie goes to her to her new Cape Buffalo morph for max damage. Um, she grabs a cube in her mouth, and as they're about to leave this cave to go charging into battle, Marco gives Cassie a slap on the rump, and he's like, there's the old girl. <gasps> Rude! <laughs> and Cassie's buffalo rage causes her to spin and almost gore Marco. And he's Good. like, whoa! What the fuck? And she's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, then she turns her rage on the approach and tacks in and launches herself into battle before even Rachel and starts Damn. tearing apart these tacks in. I know. Damn, Cassie. Damn, Daniel. Damn. <laughs> I get it again with the white band. Uh, yeah, wow. it's, it's crazy. Like, she just is... A loose cannon. How did you feel about this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird if I'm honest. Yeah. I agree. It feels weird. I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked it. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't... I, it still felt like Cassie. Like, I didn't feel like she was written in a way that felt yeah. not like her. But it was weird when she was charging into battle. Like, it felt like she could not get full control of this morph at any given time. Yeah. Um, I do feel like it It would have been more weird if it had been Hork-Bajir and not Taxon. Because mm-hmm. I've never seen 
to my recollection, I've never seen her express that kind of like, oh, they're sentient beings to Taxons. She's just mostly like, Taxons are gross. Fuck them. That is true. The fact that it is a Taxon does make a big difference. Yeah. And like the first one she kills, she only kills the one Taxon, but all of the other ones that were around it jump on its body and start like consuming it. So it's not like that they endear themselves to her at any point during this battle. Yeah, no. Ugh, I hate Taxons. No one likes Taxons, that's for sure. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like they really, like, the Andalite Chronicles would have been the place where we're like, okay, Taxons, they're, yep, we can get along with them now because we know that they have something else going on up there. But, like, still no. Still yeah. just no. Yeah. Poor LeBron. LeBron James. <laughs> Why? Why is this the Vine <laughs> podcast now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so sorry do not be sorry Ugh. i got that sticker pop up again today that was like oh, and they were roommates <laughs> <laughs> anyways unimportant they're in this battle with these taxon and they are outnumbered by a lot they're trying the best they can to like slash and beat them back and cassie's like really kicking ass in this battle but it's not helping them marco takes a large head wound rachel's chest gets slashed completely open and even Cassie takes a really intense blow to the head from a hork and, like, it cuts her pretty badly. So they're like, okay, we need to fall back. We need, no. we need to fall back. Until nearby they hear a buffalo bellowing, and Cassie bellows back. And seconds later, the man joins the fray and just goes absolute berserker mode on the hork and Taxon. So with this rage reinvigorated and Cassie like now back on team destroy everything, they turn the tide of the fight against the Taxon and the hork and send them running back into the woods. So after this battle, the kids morph back to themselves and distressingly enough, the Buffa human morphs to Chapman following their example. Yeah. And all the kids are like, oh, our vice principal is here. He's like and he's super naked. hairy and naked. Yeah. Like, they don't stress the naked part at all, but it, in my mind, reading this, it is always in the forefront that he is naked. I'm kind of surprised, because, like, kids especially are like, ew, naked, ew, especially when it's your vice principal. Yeah, I mean, they're really mature, and they've dealt with, they like, are. a lot of, like, weirder shit. <laughs> yeah, they've seen war and shit. Yeah, they're Whatever. like, well, one dick's not gonna stop me now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be the quote for this episode. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> that God. that can be our, our quote for this episode for sure. Yes. Oh man. Anyways, uh oh. yeah, this this Chapman is hanging out with them and the kids are all really weirded out by this, and rightfully so. And then it starts trying to like mimic them talking and Cassie's encouraging it and Jake's like no, Cassie, do, don't do this. This is not the proper thing to do. We cannot keep it. We can't We can't keep this pet. What will we feed it? Will you walk it every day? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely kind of feeling like that. Yeah, it's talking and... Oh, it's God. learning. Learning how to talk. Edward, you promised you would play with me. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Um, so... 
they are eventually interrupted because the helicopters are on their way back. And Jake goes, listen, we have to go to Wolf and we have to move out of here. And when they start morphing, the Buffa Man does start going back to Buffalo. And Cassie is once again racked with this guilt. Like, we can't leave him here helpless and alone and with who knows what sort of morphing shit happening. And he Jake's like, Buffalo. He didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> And Jake's like, there's nothing we can do, Cassie. We have to go. We have the cube. And so Cassie goes wolf, and she starts to, like, move, and the buffalo starts to follow her. He's like, these oh, are my people. It's kind of cute. And it sad. It is cute. It's super sad. I oh. got really upset about, like, unnecessarily upset about this. Oh. You really can't keep it. Even if you did manage to, like get it to morph one way or the other like you either have a cape buffalo for a pet or you have a man for a pet and that's just neither of those things are okay (laughs) this is my man he is my pet (laughs) no No. i will say i'm extremely grateful that we didn't have that like classic 90s scene like what happened in free willy where he was like where she had to turn around to the buffalo oh. and be like, "No, I don't like you anymore. You have go. to go." Oh, yeah. like an Airbud. Yes, like an Airbud as well. Oh my god, the heartbreak scene. The heartbreak telling them to go when you don't really mean it. Oh. Now that I've said it out loud, I've realized how stupid it was that that scene was in Free Willy because he was in a fucking tank. Where was he gonna go? <laughs> Get out of here. Go back to your family. Oh, wait. Sorry. I guess I'll leave instead. God. Because you don't have that option. I think technically that is what ends up happening is Jesse's just telling him he doesn't love him anymore because he's going to go to California to be with his older friend who sent him the postcard of the girls on the rollerblades. I mean, you know. Venice. Venice? Yeah, Venice yeah, Beach. Yeah, Venice Beach, yeah. Anyways, oh. this has been the plot of Free Willy. <laughs> yeah, don't put whales in captivity. You're, you're, don't. You're I do have good whale news. Reminder. Do you what? want some good whale news? Oh, sure. So you remember those Russian orcas that we've been talking about on and off for a while? Yeah. yeah. So all of them, including the youngest one that was begging for fish from the fishermen, have uh-huh. gone and started hunting on their own and joined Yay! wild pots. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, good. I was worried about the baby. Yeah, no, she's out of there. She's, Yay! She's on with the. She's like, the, these fucks aren't getting me food. I guess I better go be self sufficient now. Well, and here's the really interesting part: is they realized uh, afterwards that they fucked up some of the whales that they grabbed because they thought that they got the fish eating ones that were like native to that area of Russia, but they actually uh-huh. got some of the the mammal eating orcas. And she, the youngest one, was one of them. And so now they've taught her to eat fish, and so now they're following her to study her to see if she continues to eat fish and changes her diet, and if she brings that back to the rest of the pod and changes their behavior. Whoa! Yeah, now they're using it for science. Fuck, whales are cool. Whales are amazing. Oh, I was just going to say, I like that pale baby orca you sent me. Oh, yeah, the gray baby. I forgot I sent that to you. The gray baby orca. The shiny one. The shiny orca. So that's been anyway. whale news. Thank you. <laughs> it's a podcast within a podcast. It is. <laughs> Aww, whale tales. Can we call it whale tales? We can call it whale tales. Yay. And then I, we could do like a Parks and Rec like dolphin call. Never mind. We're not doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 
the funny goddesses. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was or, the swim um, team. Yeah, the... Oh, yeah. fuck. The porpoises. The Pawnee porpoises? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving right along. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, Cassie feels horrible that she's leaving this poor guy again. Um, but she's starting to run and, like, the buffalo's trying to follow her and she's trying to, like, slow down maybe so it can, like, follow them. But then the helicopter turns its spotlight and finds the buffalo. And Cassie's like, I cannot be spotted with this cube. I have to go. So she blasts off as fast as she can. There's Drake and fire behind her. And she realizes that there's bug fighters in on this now too. And uh, she takes off after Tobias at high speeds now. And Tobias is kind of flying low through the forest. And all of a sudden, right in front of them, two taxon burst out of nowhere. And they almost get Tobias. And he's only saved by the fact that Cassie drops the cube and then tears the tax into shreds. And Tobias thanks her, and then Jake goes, never drop the cube. What the fuck were you thinking? What if there was a third tax in there that had picked it up? What if you had lost it? What the fuck were you thinking? Wow. He got, like, really fucking intense. Like, zero to 60 right here. But, but Tobias... Yeah, I know, but... To lose the cube, uh, save Tobias. Jake made a, a decision in that moment. <laughs> um, and then Jake sends Rachel back and says, stay on Cassie and fight for her. Cassie, do not do that ever again. Um, I mean, that was a good call. That was a very good call. And like Cassie's really taken aback by that. She was She couldn't believe that Jake just yelled at her and she feels even more horrible now. And Rachel takes a moment to, like, reassure her and say, like, hey, he was just worried about you. Like, that was harsh, but it's not what he meant kind of a thing. And Cassie goes, I just hoped he would trust me to do the right thing. And Rachel goes, well, he does. That's why you have the cube, and that's why he sent me back here to protect you. Because he knows that you'll do the right thing, and I'll do what's necessary. I love that. Okay. Yeah, I did too. I really loved that. Ugh. Just it speaks so much to their characters. Like you do the right thing, I do the necessary thing. Ah, oh, Rachel, mm-hmm. Rachel. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, of course, loved the moment that they have where like Cassie's feeling really bad, and and Rachel was the and one Rachel... to come back and comfort her. Yeah, oh, such friendships. Yes, show me the friendship. Yes, I love oh, it. I need this. I love Heal this me. <laughs> Heal me with the power of friendship. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was a sweetish moment, but then that like I that you're totally right about the whole like you do what's right, I do what's necessary. That is badass. Loved it all. Me too. So Cassie is mollified by this, but then ahead of them they hear a hork burst out of the woods and they hear Jake scream in pain. Everyone charges into battle except for Cassie, and it's this insanely bloody fight where Cassie's, like, hiding under brush where she can and trying to get away from everybody, but um, it's chopping off arms, and Cassie's seeing, like, hork arms, like, wriggling on the ground, and, like, her friends are all screaming and in this horrible battle. And then, from behind them, the buffalo charges in and starts attacking again and trampling and, <laughs> and wreaking chaos. Oh my god, he's so reliable. He is so reliable. I love him. Oh, he's great. And then there was this moment where Cassie's like, I feel a little better that my friends have some backup with the buffalo, even though the buffalo is putting itself in danger. And I wasn't sure how I 
felt about that. Like, I don't know if I if I believed that Cassie would feel okay about this innocent animal putting itself in danger for her friends. I don't know. It's my hang-up, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. Cassie's crouching under this bush, and she feels this kind of shift in the energy a second before anything hits, and so she bolts out from under the bush, and then right behind her, the entire thing is obliterated by a bugfighter fire. And Jake goes, run, just run. And so she does, and she gets out of there, and they all take off zigzagging through the woods at this point, trying to throw them off the trail. And they do manage to get the Yerks kind of confused and out of there. So they reconvene, they decide to keep heading towards the beach and to just stick with this plan that they've come up with of cartoon warfare. And Marco's like, that's fine, but we do have to cross a road, and that road is going to be intensely patrolled at this point. So they spend some time arguing, like, well, what's the best morph to get across this road? And, like, Cassie comes up with, like, let's use fly, but then somebody stays on one side of the road, tosses the cube over to everybody else when no one's looking, and then the last person goes fly and joins in. They're like, this plan's fucking shitty, but it's the best we have, so let's do it. (laughs) And Jake actually goes, let's do it, and then apologizes to Rachel for stealing her line, and she goes, I'll let it go this once, but it better not happen again. (laughs) I loved it so much. There's some good banter. There's so much, like, not so much. But when there is, like, conversations between the whole team, there's so many moments that are, like, really funny and I enjoyed. They're just so in sync. They are. And, like, just showing, like, a lot of character depth, which I think is something that we've kind of been missing sometimes with these ghostwriters. Like... They don't mm-hmm. always nail, like, all the aspects of them, so yeah. it's nice to see them doing this. Speaking of, not that I should do this now in the middle of the podcast, but let's find out who wrote this one while we're here. Who wrote this? And give them credit, because I think they did a good job. Uh, it doesn't see. say on my book. It was Laura Battiani weiss who we have had before. I do so believe we had her for... She did uh, 31, The Conspiracy, and she did 27, The Exposed. And let's see. The Exposed was the one you hated with the squid, the phallus book. And The (laughs) Conspiracy was the Jake book where we fucked up. And by we, I mean me. Fucked up all of the history. Oh, okay. The, The war book. Yeah, the war book. I didn't hate the Squid Rachel book. I mean, there have been worse books since then. Um, That's true. There has and that been. one had the Pemolite ship that I loved. Oh, it did. The Chode. No, not the Chode. The Drode. <laughs> oh my god, why did I say that? Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> it rhymes. Oh my god. That's funny. Oh no. Oh, that's fucking <laughs> hilarious. Wow. I think I'm crashing from all those cookies. Oh my god, there's tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Buffalo. Yes. Buffalo. Kill they it. made this fly plan. They're gonna do the fly plan. So they get to this road. The kids all morph to fly, except for Marco, who's gonna be the one to toss it. They buzz over as fast as they can. They demorph, and then they morph to wolf. And then they're like, okay, toss it. And Tobias is like... 
as he predicted earlier, he mentioned one of the big problems with this plan was that them morphing, demorphing, and having the cube all in this one area of roadway is going to attract them all pretty quickly. So as Tobias predicted earlier, the controllers are pretty attracted to this area. They're starting to investigate closer. And Marco takes a moment where he just risks it. It looks like he's going to get it over there. He tosses the cube. It arcs over the road ever so intensely. And Cassie is the one that leaps up and catches it in her mouth. And Jake goes, nice catch. If we ever play Frisbee, you're on my team. <laughs> so I think trying to make up for being kind of a, a jerky face earlier. Um, Be nice to your girlfriend, Jake. Yeah, Jake. God. From State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Jake from State Farm. Uh, so anyways, uh, after this all happens, Jake's like, Marco, get the fuck over here. We got to go. And as he is morphing, the buffalo catches up to them again and steps into the roadway. This immediately attracts all of the controller's attention, and the buffalo just gets enraged. He's like, ramp it up to 11 and fight right now. (laughs) And Axe goes, you know, this creature is getting to be really troublesome. And Axe seems really agitated right from the get-go with this buffalo man, and like, Every time he appears, Axe is the one who's the most kind of like, oh, God, this is terrible. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I didn't really pick up on that until you mentioned it. Yeah. I Like, the kids don't have any sort of hang-ups about the morphing technology because they got it and didn't know that, like, the Andalites will never bestow this thing mm-hmm. on anybody else. So I'm sure part of this is Axe's, like... It's, it's uncomfortable for him that the humans have morphing powers, and this random animal having it must be, like, really fucking yeah. weird for him. Yeah. It's, like, crosses a line, almost. Yeah, and he doesn't really know what to do about it. And also, like, as he keeps pointing out, like, this, this creature has caused a lot of problems for them, and if he gets infested, it's gonna, like, cause even more. And yeah. there's no way to really control him or anything, so... Yeah. X isn't wrong, it's just he he's the one that's the most agitated by it. Yeah. Uh, so Cassie starts to feel horrified again. She's like, oh god, this poor thing is gonna get hurt in this battle, and he's not. he doesn't even know why he's fighting, and Dude. I feel really bad. And... Dude, Cassie, he's fine, he's a fucking beef. Yeah, he's a beast, he's stronger than you. Yeah, um, and he's perpetually morphing in and out and healing, so I don't know. Yeah. I feel like at this point she should just be like, okay, he's fine. Yeah, everything is fine. He's honestly doing better than some of the animorphs at this point. Yeah. And then Cassie has this really fucking weird train of thought where she knows that she's going to have to kill him, but she wishes they were back at the farm where she could humanely euthanize him instead of leading him into these battles. Um, And then somebody points out like, well, you know that the controllers aren't going to kill him anyways because they think he's a bandalite, so they're going to keep him alive and infest him for sure. And then that's when all of the animals are like, ah, fuck, we gotta save him. We can't let him get infested. They all run into battle, and Jake is running in there, and he gets under this rapidly descending helicopter, and Cassie has to, like, head him off and headbutt him out of the way. And the helicopter lands, like, right where he was, and Jake's like, thanks, I guess. And then Vizard 3 steps out of the helicopter And he, like, is just like, thank you all for coming together and saving me the trouble of looking all over the world for Uh, you. Yeah, he is really cocky in this moment. uh, And he walks right up to this buffalo (laughs) and, like, pokes him in the nose. (laughs) You 
fucking dimwit. He's such a dimwit. I mean, I know that he's thinking, like, oh, this is an Andalite, but, like, just imagining him sauntering right up to this buffalo and being like, thank you for coming here while poking him. Ugh. Yeah. Dingus. And then, like, Visitor 3 sleepily steps away from the buffalo, and it's like, dude, get it together, man. Yeah, so he, like, kind of sidesteps away a little dazed, and then he starts looking at the rest of the Animorphs, and he's like, I'm guessing you guys have the cube with you. And Cassie does still have it in her mouth, and she's kind of, like, lowering her head to try and hide it. And the kids are all like, oh, fuck, what do we do? What do we do? And then the buffalo starts morphing again, this time to Visor 3. And Marco is like, yes, 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 yes! (laughs) (laughs) Marco's like, this is great. <laughs> oh my god. This is chaos. It's total chaos. And Jake's like, okay, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Right as the buffalo starts whipping his tail around and he severs off the arm of a horkbisher just accidentally. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> as they turn to run, Visor 3 like turns towards them to like start to say something. But as he turns around, he comes face to face with himself. And the buffalo starts, like, mimicking Visor 3. So Visor 3 is, like, (laughs) pointing as he turns. And the buffalo, like, (laughs) points back at him. You know the Spider-Man meme? Yes. 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 Spider-Man pointing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was torn between that and then also, like, the creation of Adam or whatever that page is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creation of Man. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Oh, I want to draw that when my hand is better. Oh my god. Please. Please, you've got to. Oh my god. So good. Um, (laughs) All of the controllers around them are like, what the fuck do we do? Like, (laughs) I think we know which one's Visor 3, but also, what do we do? So Visor 3 takes over. He's like, I'll just fight him. And so he starts to fight this buffalo, and he immediately cuts off the buffalo Andalite's arm, because, like, the buffalo is not trained in battle. But that enrages the buffalo Andalite, and so he just starts, like, flailing everything, like, all, like just running at Visor 3, and, like, whatever he has, he's flailing it around. And the sheer intensity of this insane attack drives the Visor back. And Visor 3 is obviously, like, more skilled, and he's landing some blows, but the buffalo's body is just, like, reacting. Like, he's just pure Andalite instinct, like, flailing around. And, like, also buffalo pain, screaming and thought speak, flailing around. And he just manages, after a particularly bad blow from Visor 3, to whip his tail blade around and hit Visor 3 with the flat of his tail blade and knocks Visor 3 out stone cold. Oh, my God. And then God. the buffalo takes off after his herd. Wouldn't it be so delicious if he, like, decapitated Visor 3? Yes, I was thinking that. That was the downfall of Visor 3. It was just this buffalo that accidentally killed him. Oh, my God. Oh, and that would just be, like, the perfect, like, Earth is fighting back moment. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well. But it was not to be. It was not to be. He, the buffalo just knocked him out and then ran away. The kids make it to a ravine with the buffalo in tow, and Jake stops there. He's like, we need somebody to stay back and buy us some time. And he's looking at Cassie, and I think Rachel volunteers 
But Cassie's like, no, I'm pretty sure he means me because the buffalo <sighs> listens to me. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when Jake does that whole, like, I need somebody to do this, looks pointedly at them, I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, ugh, okay. Okay, Jake, your okay. passive aggressiveness is yeah. sitting well with me. Yeah. Uh. I don't love it, but, I mean, I know he does it for a reason. I know. But Cassie needs to be the one to do it because she's the only one that can make the buffalo fight. Jake takes the cube from her in his wolf mouth and he's like, see you at the sea. And Cassie's like, doubt that, hombre. Bye. Finger guns as he <laughs> runs away. She's, she stands up on her little wolf haunches and just like bats her paws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So once they're gone, she morphs back to human and then to buffalo as fast as she can because she doesn't want the buffalo to start mimicking her human morph. And once she's there, she sets them up in some bushes, like tries to lead them away so that they're kind of hidden. And she takes notes like, the ravine isn't that far down. We would live if we jumped off of it. But these thoughts are short-lived because she's interrupted by the hork that are coming cautiously towards where they're hidden, like looking around for all of the Andalite bandalites. And when they get close enough, Cassie's like, okay, and charges them down with the buffalo following her. And pretty quickly behind these troops of hork Visor 3 comes as this giant tentacle oozing black monster. And whatever he touches seems to dissolve in some sort of acid. That fucker loves tentacles. He loves tentacles and he loves acid. Those are his two biggest things. And maybe Javelin is a third. Yeah. A close third. Yeah, he's terrible. <laughs> he's the worst. Um, but yeah, so Horkbajor are being taken out by his spit and his skin, and he's screaming, and it's making more spit, and it's terrible. <laughs> Cassie sees him coming, and he spits some acid towards Cassie that lands on a Horkbajor that's, like, right in front of her, and sends him, like, sinking to the ground with his skin, like, burning and rotting, and it smells like rotting flesh. And Cassie's like, well, that's about enough for me. So she turns around, powers herself off the ledge, and just falls into the ravine. So Cassie lands on the ground, and a second later, the ground shakes again as the buffalo lands beside her. Cassie's stomach is impaled with a branch, and she looks over at the buffalo and sees that, like, three of his four legs are completely broken. And he is, like, moaning and churning the dirt with his one good leg. And Cassie is losing a lot of blood and having trouble staying awake. Finally, she goes to the Buffa Man and she goes, watch me. And she starts to demorph. And he starts following her. So he starts morphing into Chapman. And when they were both human, Cassie gets up and starts walking along the ravine wall to kind of hide their progress from the, the guys above them. And she's being really careful to stay out of sight. And the buffalo's following her closely and from on top of this ravine, they can hear Visor 3 just screaming wildly as they're descending the cliffs. And he's like, I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to get them, blah, blah, blah. And Cassie's like, yeah, okay, like we got to move. So she's helping the buffalo along and he's crying out in pain because he keeps stepping wrong and stepping on rocks and blah, blah, blah. And so she starts showing him like where to carefully place his feet. And he starts following her and he was learning and Aww. kind of... Yeah, he was becoming more human, kind of. And Cassie's like, I feel awful. And she knew that when he fell off the ravine, that she was supposed to leave him to die at that point. But she just could not do it. Even though everybody expected her to do it, she couldn't leave him there in pain. 
They walk on for a while, and eventually Cassie hears someone calling her name. She looks up, and she sees Jake waving down at her, and she was relieved. The kids all gather. We cut to them in a circle, resting for a moment in this ravine. And the buffalo man was on the edge of their circle, listening in on them, trying to, like, figure out what he could from the tone of their voices. And everybody is just creeped out that this version of Chapman is sitting there, like, listening to them talk. <laughs> it's weird, right? Yeah. It's super weird. It's definitely weird. So Marco's grilling Cassie about, like, how did he survive his fall and how did this happen again? And Cassie's telling the truth, except for the part where she goes, like, and, you know, it was just an accident. I started morphing back to human and he just followed me. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> nothing at all. Accident. Right. <laughs> So Cassie's sitting next to Jake. The cube is in between them. And Jake tells her, like, I'm glad you're back. And Cassie is like, yeah, me too. And then she brushes an ant off of the cube. It lands on her leg. And, you know, that's fine. After a little rest, they decide it's anvil time. So they start going back to morph. And Cassie's like, I'm going to go buffalo to teach the buff man to go buffalo. It's going to be great. And once he makes it back to his buffalo self, Cassie does a quick wolf morph, and then she starts to run away. And the buffalo tries to follow, calling after her. Like, he's actually calling to her at this point. Oh my god, I hate it! It's so sad. He loves her! He does love her. Oh, she's his family. Yeah, she's his only family now. He was probably taken from his family. Oh, this sucks, I hate it. This is super sad, and it doesn't get any better. So Cassie is just filled with guilt again as she runs away from him, and she just keeps running faster and faster until she can't hear him anymore. And then the team's approaching the shore. They kind of break off, so Cassie's going to, like, stay back. The rest of the team's going down towards the beach. And they're focusing on the helicopter, which is kind of honing in on them now, and then all of a sudden, in front of Cassie... She notices that there's this ant that's starting to grow, and it's getting bigger and bigger, and then it's getting, like, weirdly humanoid features, and she's like, what in the fuck? And then she starts freaking out because she recognizes that it's herself forming from this ant, and a moment later, a perfect copy of her was staring down at her. Ew. It's horrifying. Ew. (laughs) So Cassie demorphs to face off against herself. And this version of herself, she's watching it twisting and screaming, and it looks like it's in some sort of horrific agony, and it's, like, doubled over, and, like, just, like, watching yourself get tortured, kind of, is what's going on here. And Cassie realizes, like, this is a creature that lived its whole life as part of a social network, and this is the first time that it's gonna be alone with free will, and so that's, like, essentially what's going on, but... She can logically think that. She's still horrified because she's watching herself being kind of tortured and twisted and it's horrifying. Ants are the worst. Ants are the fucking worst. Kill them all. (laughs) So anyways, um, Cassie starts going, no, stop it. And this makes the ant turn on her. And then it grows pincers out of its face. And this half like Cassie, half ant pincer face thing rears up at her and Cassie's trying to back away but she trips and goes down and the ant Cassie slams down on top of her 
And the pincers grab her arm and start squeezing. And Cassie's like, oh my god, this thing's gonna break my arm. And she's in a ton of pain. But then, the buffalo comes scuttling out of the woods because he hears this whole scuffle happening going on in front of him. He sees what's happening to Cassie with the Aunt Cassie on her arm. And he charges her, goring her through the abdomen and sending her flying. And this Aunt Cassie screams, hits the ground, and starts reverting back to its aunt self. And as it's getting smaller and smaller, Cassie runs over and starts stomping and stomping in this panic to make sure that this aunt is dead because nothing so horrible could be real. Oh my god, this is like a big-ass giant metaphor for something. This is like the most, this is one of the most fucked up moments in all of Animorphs for me, I think. Oh, that was gross. It's gross, and I think that part of the brutality for me was that she is trying to destroy this ant and trying to destroy everything to get rid of them all. But this is the same girl who had a total breakdown because she morphed a termite and killed the queen to save her friends and then realized like she killed a termite and that life was just as important to her as this life. So... She's just a very different person now from what she was back then. Yeah. It's all bad. It's all bad. And here's what happens next. Oh. So after Cassie's done stomping the ground and she's pretty sure that everything's gone, she realizes that she's got to get out of there because she has to go do this mission. And she's realizing how close the helicopter's getting and that she just has to go now. So she she starts morphing Osprey and she morphs and then she hesitates and looks back at the buffalo who's just kind of staring at her confused, like flicking an ear back and forth. Pretty like, pretty chill. And he doesn't really know what to do with her new Osprey thing. So she says, thank you for saving my life. And of course, like this buffa man doesn't react because he doesn't know what it means. So then Cassie realizes there's one word that he held on to, and so there's something she can say to him. And so she tells the buffalo, you are good. And the buffalo flicks its ears forward and snorts out this happy, contented noise. And then it's blown apart by shredder fire, and it's burning chunks of meat body come raining down around Cassie. (laughs) No. Horrifying. It's so horrifying. Cassie takes to the air with dozens of shrieking birds. They all fly up out of this exploded buffalo area. And she's trying to gain altitude. And below her, she can see the smoking pieces of buffalo. And she feels just racked with guilt again. Because this creature who had trusted her and who had loved her and followed her wound up like this. And she just goes, well, I can't dwell on this because my friends need me. So she starts to gain altitude And she can see out over the ocean where her friends are morphed as dolphins. And they're drawing shredder fire from the bug fighter that's hovering over them. And Cassie's like, oh shit, like they need help 10 minutes ago. So Cassie's like, all right, I got to drop the anvil. And she thought speaks to her friend. She's like, don't move. I need you guys to stay right there to hold the bug fighter in one place. And then she keeps ascending. They're begging her. They're like, hurry, please. Marco and Tobias are hit. They're bleeding. There's so much blood. We're attracting sharks. Do this as fast as you can. And 
it gets to the point where they Cassie can't even hear them begging her to hurry because she's getting so high that the thought speak is fragmented and it's hard to hear and she's just she doesn't really know what to do other than go as fast as she can. So she goes as far and as high as she can go and then she starts to demorph. And Cassie's falling and she should have been able to control the morph like she's done before where she morphed the wings last so that she had something to kind of keep her lofted Mm -hmm. before just tumbling. But she's exhausted and she's out of control and the buffalo thing has just destroyed her. So the first thing she loses is her wings and she can't hold herself up and instead she's just falling and demorphing, tumbling, plummeting towards this helicopter that's below her. And she's going way too fast and there's nothing she can do about it. So she tries going humpback whale and just speeding through this process as fast as she can. But she's not getting there fast enough. And so she's right above this helicopter now. And she's not big enough to survive going through the propeller blades. She is going to just get chopped to pieces and killed. And what's even worse is that the pilot was distracted by this real seagull who kind of got too close. And the pilot looks up, sees her falling... So he kind of tumbles a joystick, moves out of her way, and dodges her from below. And Cassie is falling past him, realizing she's failed this mission. Everything was for nothing. It, everything's over now. She's really fucked it up. When the same seagull that had distracted the pilot in the first place got in the way, got pulled into the rotors because of his sudden maneuver, and just kaboom. The blade stops spinning, the sudden stop cause an explosion, and Cassie gets knocked sideways and goes flying before she blacks out. And the final thought is, all it took was one poor seagull. This was foreshadowed! Yes, this was foreshadowed. So Cassie wakes up with several dolphins towing her along. She tries to breathe deeply, but just gets a nose full of seawater. She asks the team to catch her up on what happened, and this kind of dissolves into, like, kind of entertaining banter. Where everybody's trying to describe Marco's screeching that she wasn't big enough to survive the blades. And Axe has the best description where he says Marco sounded similar to the screeching of an unauthorized entry into an airlock. (laughs) And that was pretty good. I love you. Jake privately reaches out to Cassie and lets her know, like, hey, Marco wasn't the only one who was freaking out. I was freaking out. And they have this kind of private conversation because Jake's talking privately, but Cassie has to say something out loud. And when she finally says, like, me too, Tobias goes, you too what? And Marco's like, hey, buddy, private thought speak. Did you ever think of that? (laughs) (laughs) Marco being a good wingman. And Cassie just kind of tunes them out. She's like, I don't want to hear about their bullshit. And (laughs) she tells them about the Aunt Cassie. She tells them about the buffalo saving her life and then the buffalo's death. And Rachel makes a terrible joke about her aunt trying to kill her. She's like, wow, your an aunt tried to kill you? That's worse than Tobias's family. And Cassie just goes, not that kind of aunt. And Rachel's like, oh, I, I know, but where's your sense of humor? And Jake goes, probably tra- trapped back in Axe's airlock. And uh, they all start laughing, but mostly Axe, who goes, ha, 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 ha. Everybody goes quiet, and they're like, what what the fuck and axe was like is that not a proper time to laugh and marco's like listen if you're gonna laugh at all of axe's or all of jake's feeble jokes then i'm quitting the animorphs <laughs> like it's this really funny lighthearted moment but cassie just takes it and goes you know none of us would quit none of them could no matter how bad the jokes are and no matter how bad the odds are and that's how they end this book why uh... 
I mean, they had to end on a lighthearted note because Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, they did. It was so harsh. Yeah, but it was like a really weird kind of yo-yo ending to the book because of like... Yeah. They're all joking around. And this it's a really funny, like, jokey, bantery scene. And then it just... The final, like, note of this book is Cassie going, like, no one will quit no matter what the jokes or the odds are. And it's like, uh, okay. I would expect her to, like, just kind of be like, yeah, I hate everything. I want to (laughs) die. Instead of having that, like, thing of hope. Like, she just must be, like, yes, they succeeded, but she must just be feeling, like, the worst. Like, after, after her last book with Aldrea, you know, after... They destroyed, you know, all of those yurks in the yurk pool. And she was like, she was like curled up in the ship on the way back, just like fetal because she was so wracked with guilt about the killing the yurks. So I would expect her to have kind of a similar moment here to just be like completely blocking everybody out and just being like, I am feeling so many things right now. And like, how many times has she felt awful over you know, innocent animals getting hurt. And, like, when when wild animals join them, like the orcas or whatever, and they're the ones that get hurt, she just feels terrible. And it's it would just be really hard for her. Like, she's not in a place to deal with their joking. Yeah. I, I know that feeling of being around people who are, like, joking when you just feel like, like the world is ending. And it's a really weird, like, disconnect feeling. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but... No, but I, I know what you mean, where it's it's very much like, I want to ask them to stop, but I can't ask them to stop because this is yeah. within me and not them. Yeah, so you just kind of like drown it out and everything's just kind of like a gray shroud around you. Yeah. But yep. she, everything was fine yeah. except for the buffalo. Yeah, which was just like a horrifying scene. Yeah. I felt so bad for that poor buffalo. At least it was quick i guess it was quick and he he was happy when he went Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the best you can do for an animal yeah and a person i guess but i've never had to euthanize a person so (laughs) i don't know that's that's good (laughs) i guess yeah um what tell me all of your thoughts please i wish they could have not let it back into being a buffalo i mean that that can't different buffalo no, I mean, that couldn't have happened because of the whole, like, it would have recognized her and it would have been infested. If they had have gone on a mission to get it back to the zoo, got it to acquire another more different buffalo, and then had it morph that buffalo, and then it got it trapped there after two hours. But it still would have had its its mind and its little buffalo memories. It would have, but if it was at the zoo and, like, not morphing oh, and not attracting any attention. Sure, like, like disguised. Yeah. Oh, they, I, I don't think they would have any reason to infest it if it did nothing other than buffalo things. It could have, should have gotten it together with Marco's stepmom's poodle. Oh, God. Gotten it to acquire the poodle, and then you just have two really angry poodle friends together. That one was in love with Cassie and only listened to her. Yeah! That would have been pretty cute. Aw. And then Aww. you'd have a new dog. Yeah, a vicious dog that would try to murder you but, all the time but it would it would save you from from intruders and ants and ants oh my god that ant thing was so fucked 
Uh, yeah, the ant thing was super fucked up. I, do ants ever have a redeeming moment in this series, or are they always just, like, the worst things ever? As far as I remember, they're always pretty much the worst. Oh, my God. I don't think ants are... I mean, they're cool, but, like, you know, not that great. They're amazing feats of nature, but I hate them. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yes, that's exactly it. I don't hate many animals, but I do not like ants. That's fair. I'm not a fan of tapeworms. No. Is it because of their parasitic nature? Mm, I just don't like it when things come out of other things' butts and are still alive. That's a lot I of mean, worms. I mean, there's other worms that do that. Yeah, yeah like pinworms and... Round worms. Yeah. Triangle worms. <laughs> All of the geometric shapes yeah. that there are. Rhombus worms. Yeah, those are the worst. Parabola worms. We <laughs> <laughs> Okay. What do you... I, I'm not going to ask you for a ranking, but over the course of this series, where does this book fall for you? Ooh... I don't know. I think this one's going to stick with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this has been definitely one of the strongest books, at least in the last like 10 to 15 books. But yeah, I don't know. Because this is considered by the community in general as one of the worst Animorphs books. Are you serious? Yeah. A lot of people say like, this is one of the worst. Really? Yeah. I don't think that at all. Why do they think that? A lot of hate. That's a good question. I'm not really sure if it's like a combination of like the writing and like the buffalo itself being such a ridiculous kind of a thing. But yeah, like the general consensus around the community is that this is one of the worst books. Like it's one of the most hated for sure. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, and I've said before, like, in those groups, like, I actually don't mind this book. Like, it's one of my guilty pleasures. I kind of I kind of enjoy it. And it's like, nope, it's the worst book ever. <laughs> really? Okay. I. So I can see the book kind of rehashing concepts that we've seen before. Like, it was basically the first Megamorphs book, but with a buffalo. Because mm-hmm. it had, like, the whole, like, tracking the morphing, and they had to constantly run, and yeah. they had to do the whale thing that would crush something at the end. Like, it was basically very similar to Megamorphs 1, but combined with that, like, good, good morality quandary, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I do, too. And I like the buffalo. Like, I, I mean... It's, it's kind of ridiculous and convenient, but yeah. I really like the buffalo. Yeah, it's very, like, a kid and their dog, you know? Like, it's a kid and their oh, dog yeah. story, and I love that shit, even though it's usually sad for the dog, but... And not to, like, bring up Free Willy again, but that's exactly why I like Free Willy, right? Because it's a boy and his dog story, it's just the dog is a whale. Yeah. In this instance, you know, it's a girl and her dog story, but the dog is a buffalo. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was it was good. Oh. Well, yeah, I liked it. Whatever community, you can think that. <laughs> yeah, you can think your buffalo thoughts, but we know the truth. Hating on my buffalo. Hating on my buffalo. Why boy. you gonna hate buffaloes? Well, there's no reason to hate buffaloes ever. They're good. But like another part of this was, I thought that again, I don't want to get into ratings because that's the the next book that we're doing, the Marco book. Yeah. But. 
I mean, I really enjoyed the character interactions in this book. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, like, good multifaceted interactions. Like, Rachel and Cassie together. Cassie and Tobias, which is a combination that whenever we see those two, it's always, you know... That's when the morality conversations happen. Yeah. Are between Tobias and Cassie and her and Jake with their relationship that's growing. It feels like the relationship is still forming and doing things on its own outside of the series. She doesn't really interact with Marco or Axe a whole ton, but they both get some time and like make some good jokes and Yeah. I just thought it was like a really like the team was really good in this book. The I mean you can't pick up one of these books and say, well, this plot's completely unbelievable because then it's like, well, dismiss the whole series then. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out anything I didn't overtly dislike about this book and I can't really think of anything. Um, I didn't feel like anyone was that out of character. I thought the writing was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I thought that um, they did really well with the with the characters. And Visor 3 actually seemed what we've been clamoring for, which was like a little more competent than usual or a little more intimidating. Sure. Still a buffoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Again, not to talk about book ratings, but I like this a lot more than the last Rachel book. Like, no offense to Rachel, but like. 100% fair. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I like the buffalo. I really do. I wish he had to stuck around and become, like, a weird, like, running through the woods, like, kind of a <laughs> wild man that just showed up sometimes. He's just, like, a cryptid. He's just a cryptid yes. that lives in the woods. Legend yes, tells of exactly a man who is half man, half buffalo. Oh! Oh, my God. That's how werewolves happened. Oh, or, like, what if he morphed half Chapman, like... Like the top half of Chapman, and then the body of the <gasps> buffalo. He could be a centaur. Oh, minotaur. A ce- oh yeah, minicentaur. <laughs> minicentaur. But what if he morphed Chapman's body but kept his buffalo head, and then he really was a minotaur? Oh my god! And he, they gave him a maze. Oh, there's so many possibilities here. Yeah. Get all Lazarus up in that bitch. Oh yeah. That would've been fun. I hmm. I just I'm imagining so many scenarios where wherein the buffalo doesn't die at the end. I and the the other thing too about this, the buffalo death scene was yeah, cliched, I'll say it, but like I it was affecting too. Like it was really sad and it was really like it was really depressing. I okay. I do not mind cliches as long as they elicit an emotion out of me. Like, yes. I love, I unapologetically like tropes as long as they work effectively. Like, I don't care if it's original. Nothing's original anymore. So just give it mm-hmm. to me, give it to me genuinely and elicit a reaction out of me and I will love it no matter how overused it is. That's my two right. cents. Mic drop on that shit. I agree. And sometimes things are popular because they work. Exactly. Hmm. <sighs> Shall we rate characters, I guess? I guess so. What did you think of Jake? Um, <laughs> I, always, I always balk when I get to Jake. <laughs> like, every single time. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, guess I liked him. Like, you know. Uh, I don't know. Jake is hard for me. Jake's always hard for me. Just because 
I like him so much in his own books, but in everyone else's mm-hmm. book, I'm just kind of like, he was there, he did stuff. Like, he never does, yeah. he rarely does anything completely outstanding for me. Yeah, he's just kind of the solid there leader, and yeah. he's there to make the calls, but he's not there to be unreliable, he's not there to make the emotional connections or do, like, the heavy emotional lifting, and yeah, yeah, that makes it hard. Yeah. I don't know. Four? Okay. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, he didn't do anything that terribly offended me, but he didn't do anything outstanding either. But overall, he was good. So that's where my four comes from. Let's see. I'm going to give him... I think I'll give him a four as well. And I'm I'm doing this from three different scenes that stood out to me. I don't want to give him a five because, like, like you said, he doesn't do anything outstanding. There's a couple different scenes that I really enjoyed him in in this book. And the one is when he freaked out over the morphing cube. And he was like, don't ever put that down. What were you thinking? And I I appreciated that break from him where when he really had to express how everything was on the line with this cube, she needed to, like, step it up. And I, I liked that moment as a leader for sure. Like, there's something about that that I was like, okay... Jake's taking this really seriously, and he's willing to, like, yeah, kind of get intense to get his point across. Sure. I also liked that he kind of backed off of that, and we saw him in a moment where it wasn't a critical life-or-death decision. He kind of came to Cassie's defense. whenever When she was trying to argue, like, the buffalo has these humanoid qualities now, and we need to treat it as, you know, a sentient species. We can't just toss away a life because it's not the same as our life. When everybody else was, like, railing against her, like, that's insane. You can't say it. Just because he is human DNA doesn't mean he's human, too. I like that Jake made it very clear that he was in agreement with the other Animorphs, but he still, like, used his power to be like, maybe she has a point, guys. Back it off. Let's think about it. Yeah. Oh, what was the other scene I was thinking of with him? There was another time with him that I was really appreciative i think it was probably just at the end when he reached out to cassie and was saying like just because everybody else is only talking about marco's reaction doesn't mean that internally i wasn't completely freaking out even if on the outside i was calm and collected yeah and i like it when he shares those moments of uh vulnerability with her yeah me too (laughs) they're dating they are dating but like in a really kind of i appreciate that it's not like a buildup of, like, to them kissing every book that it's one of them featured. And it's not, like, a buildup of them always holding hands or, like, it's not, like, a kid romance book by any stretch. It's, they're dating, but it, everybody knows it always comes second to the mission. Yeah. And I like that sort of level of responsibility because it treats the, the war with the kind of gravitas that it deserves. Yeah. All right. What do we think about Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, five. Yeah, five. Easy five. Whatever. Easy, 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 easy five. She was fucking hilarious in this book, and I got those moments that I so, so crave between her and Cassie. Yes. So. Yes, yes. Five, five, five from me. Oh. God, I love her so much. She's great. I can't believe I was reluctant for so long. <laughs> it's understandable. Like, it's a really... Like, especially because of, like, I 
I know you. (laughs) So, like, I could definitely see why you'd be reluctant because you aren't immediately drawn to those characters that are, like, really aggressive and really intense because you... That's not your immediate type of character that you resonate with. So I totally understand why Rachel was not your cup of tea at first. But as she grows and changes and you see more of that kind of little girl side of her, it's, you know, easier to reconcile and to, like, to understand where she's coming from. You know, it's interesting, though. Hmm. I'm looking at our spreadsheet of uh, character ratings right now. Yeah. And I'm noticing that the last book of Rachel's that I ranked her a five was the David book. In her other two books, she has a pretty low score. Well, they were... I mean, it was the Starfish book with the duality, and then it was the the book where she's the leader, so... Yeah. Wait, where's where's the squid book? Oh, that's... I was just looking that up. 27, that's a squid one, right? Okay, so that is after the David book as well, and you also did not, like that one so much yeah oh no (laughs) oh no yeah she's not she doesn't always have the hottest books but but she's still great but i love her yes i do too i love her the most (laughs) uh all right let's talk about tobias tobias my little is tobias is tobias toblerone toblerone (laughs) Oh, he's good. Yeah. Did he do anything super amazing? I don't remember. Um. Well, he was the wingman for the whole Cassie getting into the truck thing. Yep. Um. They. He was the one that Cassie first got into the moral argument with over whether or not they could leave this buff a human. Um. So he was kind of the first big, big argument where Cassie's like, we have to protect him. We have to figure out what to do with him. Blah blah blah. Um. I'm actually really surprised that Tobias didn't play a bigger role in kind of the the book throughout with the morality thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, he should have been, like, the one arguing every time with her about it. Yeah, because it's, like, he's kind of the closest to the situation. He's, like, the inverse of it. Like, he was a human who got, like, half animal instead of an animal that kind of got half human. I wonder what he would have said if... They, if the buffalo had lived and they were trying to go with the Nothlet situation, yeah. I wonder how he would have reacted to that. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. And, like, he learned to live to be half hawk and half human. Mm-hmm. So, potentially, you could argue that the buffalo could have learned to adapt, too. But also, you could have explored the fact that it's kind of, like a less intelligent being trying to become a more intelligent being and how, like, different that is. I don't know. It could have been really interesting. It could have been, especially because that conversation would immediately lead into what is intelligence and how do we rank it and why do we get to decide. Yeah. I think there probably isn't time for all of that in this book, but that would have been an amazing angle to to hear it from. Yeah. Like, I almost want a continuation of this book where the buffalo had lived and have that be, like, another book. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well. Yeah. I don't know. I guess a four for the boy. I'll give him a four because he was good when he was in it and he just wasn't in it a whole time. Yeah, exactly. All right. Should we do acts now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, again, he didn't do much, but I love him. Yeah. So... Five for me. 
I I'll give him a four just because I yeah I save my fives for Rachel every book. Sure. But <laughs> no, I really um he was the one that was always coming up with the reasons why having this this Buffalo Man was dangerous, and he was the one thinking through it. And I would have loved to have heard his thoughts on the whole situation about this Buffalo and just. I feel like he, in his head, when Cassie was saying, like, he is human DNA, blah, 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 that Axe just had this huge, like, emotional response to that. Because he only very, like, tightly said, I have human DNA, too, but I am not a human. And I feel like there was so much more to that. And from one side, I love that we are so far past the point of Axe's other that when Axe, like, has to make a point, like, oh, I'm not a human as well, it's, like, weirdly jarring to say, like, oh, but you're part of the team, so you're one of us no matter what you are. And I love that he's so integrated that that's not even a conversation that we have anymore. I know, it's so sweet. Um, On the other hand, I think that Axe probably felt really, like, intensely about this this buffalo human and him having the morphing powers and that's such an important thing to his species and such a closely guarded thing to the andalites that i think he probably had a very visceral response to it and we missed it all because we were in cassie's head yeah oh i love that all that that didn't happen i love it (laughs) this is okay so this is probably another reason why like i really like this book that many other people do not enjoy because we've already established, I love it when you can read one of these books and have, like, there's 14 other adventures going on that we only get hints yeah, of. Yeah. Like, I feel like we haven't gotten this feeling in a while, I, and I, I'm enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Everything else has just kind of been, like, really straightforward, and this one just has all of these different ideas that are only kind of inferred. Yeah. And it just makes it yeah. so complex and so juicy and, oh. Any book that kind of leaves you, like, hunting for more knowledge like that. But not in, like, a, oh, this is incomplete. Like, this is mm-hmm. an ever-growing, ever-expanding web of ideas. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It is. And it's so, like, I love that intensity, too, of, like, I want to explore this from the different perspectives. Because it's such an important thing to be able to do is to, like, see things from different viewpoints and weigh them and have that. And any book that, like you get out of the end of it and you're going, well, they were right. Well, no, actually, I could see them being... Like, yeah. that's such a cool feeling to have and, like, such a cool moment to have. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Um, What about Marco? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> He's... He'll be another character that I'm going to spin a tale for okay. that was only slightly inferred because he was pretty funny throughout the book. He was pretty solid. He didn't do anything like offensive or crazy that would drive us nuts with our 2019 eyes. I mean, he did slap Cassie on the rump, which I didn't love, but... Oh, when she was a cow? Yeah. Okay, I will admit, I definitely did not read that as like a weird, like... I read it as like he was pretending to be old, like old McDonald and like... (laughs) Get her done, little doggy. Get her done. Like, yeah, I know, but I don't it's know. Still kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I I know what you mean. Um, but I loved at the very end of the book when Cassie is coming down and Marco is the one screeching his head oh off. Oh my like, god! No, 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 no! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, I love that he was the one that like. 
the rest of the team is mocking him because his reaction was so over the top about her almost getting cut to pieces. Yeah. I love that he gave himself away in that moment and was like freaking the fuck out. Yes, that is good. I'm sure part of it was for the mission failing. I'm absolutely sure of that because he's so analytical, but I still love that he had that like really intense reaction to it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I will give him a four. Okay, I'll give him a four as well. And that leads us to Cassie. (sighs) It's really hard. (laughs) I just, oh, I just empathized with her so much in this book. Like, I just, I, like, I would probably be feeling the exact same things in her position if I were her. And just, like, that poor buffalo and I don't know. Man. Yeah, the more we were talking this through, the more that I'm probably not going to articulate this really well, but bear with me. <laughs> um, I really felt like there were some very clear lines drawn in this book where we could see Cassie was starting to change and not change as a person because she still sounds like herself and it's nothing to do with like, oh, the writing's bad. She didn't sound like herself. Mm-hmm. But the lines of where she is as a person and what she thinks is acceptable are moving. And that's like killing the ants and being able to see the buffalo get killed and then being able to like say, now focus, I have to go on that mission. Like And being able to just murder taxons. Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of growth there that was really interesting and... I like that it's not necessarily growth in a good way because most of the time when you're talking about, oh, this person's growing and changing, you're thinking, oh, they're growing. Like, it's it's better. It's a good thing. And in this instance, it's like she's growing, but, like, maybe it's not good. It's, yeah. Maybe it's not great. It's twisting a little bit. Yeah. But, like, like, yes, we're trying to grow and be better as people in general. We're also not, like, in a war. And I think it's really the war that's causing these kids to grow in kind of like a mutated way and kind of like a twisted way oh absolutely yeah like survival trumps uh morality at this point i just really appreciated the view into how she's changed and twisted and malformed a little bit and i feel like she's throughout this whole thing the one that's kind of the least touched by this almost Um, because she still has her parents, she still has her, her life, and, you know, Tom's lost his brother, Axe has lost everything, Tobias has lost everything, Marco's lost his mom, Rachel's, you know, lost her weird self with her good and bad. She lost her goddamn mind. She lost her goddamn mind, and she's losing herself, and Cassie's kind of being the one that's, like, all of her struggles are within herself, and it's with what she's okay doing, and so the- it's, it's disconcerting when those have been her biggest struggles that we're seeing her change now and we're seeing how it has affected her. And I really enjoyed that look. Um, not enjoyed the actions per se, but enjoyed yeah. that viewpoint of it and of her. Yeah. Well, and her past few books have been pretty high, right? Like they've ended on really high notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. They have. With, like, a little bit of emotional turmoil, but not as heavy as this book. I'm trying to think. Yeah. There's Eldrea, last book. 
mm-hmm. before that it was sickness. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Yes, where she had to do surgery. And she had to go as a uh, yerk in uh, her Spanish teacher's head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so she, like... Aftran, Aftran. And, like, that was the big happy note was she yeah. found the yerk resistance and was able to free a yerk. Yeah, so this is kind of, like, the first book in a while that's been kind of harsh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the grasping for the hope at the end has just been a little bit more feeble. So, yeah, I I liked the fact that she was kind of faced with a darker book. That's a good point, because I didn't think about how the last couple books have all been her ending victoriously. Yeah, like... That's true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like for me, it's been easy for me to, like, give her really high scores in her past books, because, Mm -hmm. like, oh, she was awesome, like, she did that cool, like, whale to or osprey to whale shit and she like was super mm-hmm. strong and saved everybody by herself and blah 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 and now it's like i want to give her a, a high score for a completely different reason because she's just changing so much and it's so interesting and i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all i think that's a really amazing reason to, to want to do that yeah. <sighs> and it again proves how our scale is just so like it's so wildly hard to be able to pick something. So there's not like a, you know, here's point one, two, three, four, five. This is why we gave the character this rating. It's like, <laughs> no, you got to read the book and experience it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I gave X a four and he didn't do shit. So <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, completely arbitrary. All right. I'm giving Cassie a five. I'm giving her a five as well. Sweet. I really enjoyed this book. I did too. I think y'all should give this book another chance. Yeah. Yeah, people that hate it, maybe just give it another another good old college try. Your opinions are wrong. Please reconsider. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Oh, my God. No, it's, it's more of a, like, it's not that your opinions are wrong. We don't have to like all the same books. That's why there's, like, 60 of them. You can like your own top 10 or 20 or whatever, and they can still be completely different from mine. And that's the beauty of these yes. books is there's, it's so diverse in every freaking aspect of how these are written and i love it yeah but yeah this is one that like i've never quite felt the hatred that it it gets from the community oh are we gonna rank eric sure let's rank eric (laughs) what do you what do you want to give him (laughs) i don't know good old solid three for being i was gonna give him a two well just because i'm not that big of a fan of didn't do anything wrong i just you know eh. i'll give him a three because he did make that cool thing that the cry baby cry yes on the other side of the forest cool. anyways anyway, yeah there you go eric all right shall we start to wrap up here yeah i think so okay well send me your thoughts on this buffa man and why you think he's not popular with the community <laughs> Uh, check us out on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or our super secret, super awesome group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Um, that's our Andalite Bandalites group. You can also find us on Tweetor at Animorphs Anon and on Instaslam at Animorphs Anonymous. Go listen to our podcast. It exists on other places like Google Play and iTunes and Stitcher and Pocket Casts and Podcast Republic and other places like that. I feel like we were cheerleading. I just, I don't know. I kind of want to like try and switch it up every time. So I end up doing some sort of rhythmic situation. And I feel like that's just going to happen from now on. I love it. I'm so glad that's happening. 
ready. Oh, tell okay. me about your comic. I have a comic. Um, it is called Beside You, and you can find that at bsideyoucomic.com. I will tell you that the URL is actually like down right now. Um, hopefully that will be resolved when this episode gets published in like several weeks. Um, so if for some reason it's not fixed by then, you can check that out at bsideyoucomic.tumblr.com. Please go read it. I love it. It's amazing. You should absolutely read it. I love it as well. All right. Um, As much as I love this book, I am so excited to get to the next book with you. I'm going to read it tomorrow. Oh, my God. I I don't know how I'm going to wait if you read it tomorrow to talk to you about it like a day or two later it's gonna be so intense i'm gonna want to know immediately oh my god i'm you keep talking (laughs) up this book and i'm so excited i'm gonna pee i like i don't know i just really i don't want to say anything but like i i think that there's stuff in the next book that is just so up your alley that you are really going to enjoy that aspect of it yes i'm excited too i hope i haven't like talked it up enough that i disappoint you I guess we'll see. We'll find out. Next time on Animorphs Anonymous. (laughs) Everybody go hug a buffalo, but not, don't actually hug a buffalo unless they're a dog dressed like a buffalo. Because buffalo probably wouldn't appreciate a hug. And also charge your friends on all fours because it's funny. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs)